You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Welcome back to Force Perspectives uh, for our second episode. Uh, I am your host, Michael Cohen, uh, and uh, I, uh, I was just telling my guests, I still have no idea what this show is and how to do it. So we're still kind of figuring it out. We're working out the kinks, uh, I, and you're, you're along for the ride. Um, before we get into introducing uh, the guest for this episode... And getting into into all the Star Wars of it, I uh, just want to give a shout out to our Patreon producer Brian Murowski, uh, and let you guys know that uh, that you can head over to Patreon.com/slash/Thunderquack and support the show um, over there. Uh, at a dollar, you get your episodes early. You'll also get episodes of uh, Perfect Ten, uh, which is my other podcast, uh, early. You get them on the Tuesday instead of the Friday. Um, and uh, uh, there are other bonuses as well. If you want to get uh, an exclusive podcast that I record every other week called Off the Record, you can get that as well um, at, at higher tiers. And, and there, there are other bonuses too. So head over to patreon.com slash thunderquack if you're so inclined uh, and, uh, and, and help us out by supporting us there. I, all of that out of the way, I... I, I now I get to introduce my guest who is someone that uh, listen if you've listened to the podcast for any length of time um, you probably you probably know this guy uh, but that said if you've only listened to my Star Wars podcasts maybe you don't know him that well because he hasn't really been on the Star Wars stuff that often I uh, we used to do well we used to do two different podcasts back in the day uh, the pull box podcast. Uh, which was our, uh, our our comic book graphic novel book club, uh, and then and then you know we stopped doing that one because we started doing one called the Disney Dad a cartoon Disney Dad's Cartoon Afternoon, uh, which uh, you know we we got through like the 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 entirety of season one of Ducktales and then uh, some of season two uh, before before we gave up on that. He is currently the host though of the Epic Marvel podcast. Uh, which is like, it is technically since quiver went off the air, it is the most popular podcast, uh, on the thunder quack podcast network. And, uh, and that's Curtis Finley, Curtis, how, how's it going? Th- thanks for being here to talk about star Wars. I am happy to be here. We've talked about star Wars on our pull box podcast before, yeah. and I'm not actually sure if I've ever actually been on any of your star Wars podcast i don't don't think that you have because because you haven't watched (laughs) clone wars or rebels no that's very Uh, true so so that it would be very hard for you to have been on the podcast that's um, right with that fact i mean that said we 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 had plenty of guests on quiver who were not regular viewers of arrow yeah um that would come on and just be like yeah uh this show seems terrible um (laughs) (laughs) But, well, uh, and quite yeah. frankly, it, it's a little bit intimidating to come on a Star Wars podcast with you because I feel like, well, what am I going to say that's <laughs> going to uh, be any any sort of relevance or like you're going to fact check me the whole time and you know, that kind of thing. It's like, <laughs> hmm. It's true. It's true. <laughs> it's true. There's a very real chance that, uh, that, that you'll be talking about your favorite piece of Star Wars and I'm going to be like, that's actually not not factually accurate but um <laughs> i'll only do that in your best interest because if we just let it go then everybody will just you know oh for sure if there if i have bad facts and incorrect facts then i definitely do want to be corrected so there you go <laughs> uh, i'm going to try to leverage that by not talking about star wars as much as i can on this podcast we'll go into some <laughs> other territories 
<laughs> okay. I well, for those who maybe didn't tune into the first episode, don't don't know the premise of the show. I uh, this podcast is essentially I every episode I sit down with one of my friends uh, and I talk to them about their favorite aspect of star wars whether it's one of the movies or a book or a video game a tv show a character whatever whatever topic they want to talk about whatever whatever specific thing is is one of their favorites um it, the funny thing is is that what i'm trying to do right now is actually over on uh, perfect 10 i'm grabbing all of like my star wars people that i only usually talk to about star wars and i'm talking to them about other stuff i'm giving them an opportunity a lot of them are star wars podcasters i i to talk about things that aren't star wars so that's why when i was like i need a second person i mean we had we had uh, uh danielle on the first episode who is uh regular from from back in the the uh faster more intense days so but uh but i am gonna try and bring on more of my friends who are outside of the star wars podcasting community to talk about star wars on this show and that's where i was like i'm gonna grab curtis because we've never (laughs) had even even off air we've never really had that many in-depth star wars conversations like we've kind of talked about it here and there we Mm -hmm. we talked about very specific stuff on pull box um, in in reviewing those comics that we did, I think we did two sort of two separate months, right? Because because we yeah. kind of do them like like three books. Um, I think we did month. all of the launch titles of when yeah. Disney took over Marvel. We did all of those yeah. three launch titles, and then and then I think we did a and then we did a Star Wars month because I know we did Tag and Bank, we did Dark Empire, oh, yeah. like the oh, whole Dark Empire trilogy, and, we, yeah, and, we did and and I think one other comic i don't remember what it was but wow but i we, forgot about that we we did we did those ones as well um so those conversations obviously are very like focused in on on reviewing those comics um but i i mean i have i have legitimately never asked you the question <laughs> until this like what is your because because we usually talk about Marvel stuff. We're usually talking about Marvel or uh, occasionally DC or we're talking about like like other obscure, com- not obscure comics, but like off the beaten path comics and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it's, the, here it's the Star Wars question of the day. Like, like, what is your favorite part of Star Wars? That is such a big question. And there's mm. so many aspects of Star Wars that uh, <laughs> I think it's so hard to just pick one. Um, I, I mean, ultimately, I my favorite is the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's but I'm not. I don't want to pick that as something that we talk about. <laughs> I, I, um, yeah, you and I first met because I was showing '80s cartoons at a comic book store called Metropolis Comics. Uh, cards yep. and comics whatever they're nope, called metropolis comics and toys yeah comics and toys that's what it is yeah, yeah. um they i would do a, a monthly screening there where i'd you know we'd put up a sheet and i'd have a projector and we'd just show episodes random episodes of different 1980s cartoons and i absolutely love 1980s cartoons i grew up through the 80s and uh, a lot of those cartoons are the ones that i i uh, watched as a kid and love them and they just hold a great you know that nostalgia factor so mm-hmm. there are two Star Wars series that came out in the 80s. There's droids and there's Ewoks. And I love both of those ones. I like Ewoks more than droids. Um, but both of those cartoons have an origin story in the Star Wars holiday special, which came out shortly after the very first Star Wars movie came out. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a... I'm sure anyone who's a fan of Star Wars listening to this knows that that is a notoriously terrible um, special. Like, it's just awful. And uh, But there is a bright point in that special. It's a, it's a nine-minute animated segment called The Story of the Faithful Wookiee. And I really like this animated segment, and that's what I want to talk to you about today, Mike. Okay, uh, I'll, I'll give a little bit of background for people who maybe don't know about the holiday special. Sure. So in, yep. ni- in 1978, so we're talking about uh, I, 
a year after Star Wars. So A New Hope comes out in May of 1977, um, and it essentially runs in theaters for the next year. Um, I, and and it, it dropped out of theaters for a little bit um, and then was re-released, uh, I, I believe, late in 1978 um, for its second official run. Uh, of what would end up being like six or seven theatrical runs that Star Wars had. Because um, uh, essentially every time the movie would, like every time everything would kind of die down, they just run it in the theater again. Because they didn't put movies out as much as they do now. Um, well, and home video wasn't really a home thing Home video at the didn't time. exist, yeah. That, that so, was yeah, the you... only way to see it. Yeah. Yep. So, mm-hmm. and and let's say that you're one of those people who's now at this point seen star Wars 30 or 40 times in the movie theater. I, you're clamoring for something else. Right. And I, I, and there literally is nothing else. There's nothing. There's, there's, there's some Marvel comics. um, Oh, and there's a newspaper comic strip and there's a newspaper comic strip. And that's really about it. At this point, 1978, there aren't even any novels yet. I think, think uh maybe maybe around this time splinter of the mind's eye is about to come out so i for some reason they managed to put together a holiday special for star wars i now like variety shows were much 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 more common back then and And what a variety show Sorry, so were ahead. holiday specials. Holiday yeah. specials were a big thing for this yeah. this period through the '60s and mm-hmm. uh, the early '70s. Yeah. Um, like networks banked a lot of their programming and a lot of their budget on uh, getting high quality um, holiday specials because that's yeah. you know it was a family event seeing the yeah. have a Grinch stole Christmas or you know Bing Crosby's annual holiday show or whatever. Yeah, so what what bigger draw than a holiday special featuring the not just the stars of Star Wars, but the literal characters from Star Wars set in a galaxy far, far away on the made up Star Wars holiday of Life Day, which is a, 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 a holiday celebrated by the Wookiees on Kashyyyk. Uh, which I think is one of the reasons why the uh, the, the the animated segment um, has the title uh, uh, "The Faithful Wookiee," right? Yeah, uh, totally. And uh, and so yeah, I mean, it is it is notoriously awful. Um, B. Arthur is in it for some reason. Um, <laughs> yeah. I and I I I I I think it's Jefferson Starship. Yeah, I mean, like, and and hey, like, of course, if you're going to do a Star Wars holiday special, you're going to have Jefferson Starship, I <laughs> uh, come play, um, and and a bunch of other. Uh, Carrie Fisher sings a song that is absolutely horrendous. Just like yep. it's, and Carrie Fisher had a nice voice, but for some reason, this song was just ear splitting. Um, and uh, yeah, no good, no good. Well, and uh, I think one of the worst things about it is that it stars a family of Wookies <laughs> who yeah. can't talk. Like they, yeah. I mean, they talk. They talk in their Wookie language. They don't speak uh, anything that we can understand. So, majority of this this film, not majority of it, but a, like large segments of it, are just the grunts and groans of Wookies. And it's like, what on earth are we watching? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, we're not on Earth, right? We're on Kashyyyk, nope. so exactly, exactly. I, I, yeah, no, no I, subtitles, though. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I Harrison Ford, Mark Hamill, and Carrie Fisher are all present. Um, Anthony Daniels uh, and Kenny Baker as C three PO and R two D two as well, and mm-hmm. of course Peter Mayhew as as Chewbacca, along with uh, the rest of his family, um, which like has never come up. It comes in the expanded universe stuff; it would come up all the time. But in the movies, like Chewie's never gone home in any of the movies, which is so fun. Although in in Revenge of the Sith, he is already home, but. Let's right. just pretend like that's not Chewbacca. <laughs> but um, you know, the same thing could be said for like Han Solo. We don't ever meet any of his relatives through the movies well, either. There's a but there are reasons for that with his character, and we don't have a holiday special that like <laughs> that that is like, hey, here's here's Chewbacca's son. Yeah, <laughs> you know, um, maybe an maybe an important thing thirty years in the future. I I when uh, 
when when you're doing the Force Awakens. But uh, I I don't know I don't know why they didn't want to want to include. Oh man, is is the grandpa lumpy or is the son lumpy? I can't remember. Right I think the son the son. Is. I think it's the son is lumpy. Yeah. Uh, I. Yeah. Why wouldn't you want to include lumpy? I. Uh, but. Uh, <laughs> Man, like I, I, Mark Hamill has on this, this, just this awful makeup, um, in it that like, he just, he, he, it, it's terrible. Like, cause it, it just, they, it was obviously not at the level of quality that the film was at. It was a television production and, yeah. uh, yeah, it was just kind of slapped together and, um, uh, it was a cash in, it was totally a cash in. Um, and you know, George was busy worrying about it's 1978. He's like in the midst of writing empire strikes back, trying to figure out how he's going to make this movie. That's bigger than star Wars. Um, but he was actually uh, pretty involved in this still like he, uh, or at least um, it wasn't like he was totally ignoring what was going on. I think that he, uh, like you said, he just had so much going on that. Yeah, it was, it was, it was one of too many plates spinning. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I uh, like you said, the one bright spot of this whole endeavor is this incredible animated sequence. Um, and yeah, like I, I, I have a, I have. See, this is this is how you know that I'm that I'm legit is that I have a pirated VHS of <laughs> yeah. the holiday special. The first time that I saw it was in its entirety was from this. Uh, was from this VHS that when I was in film school, a friend of mine in in my class, uh, I I talked about Star Wars a lot. I don't I don't know if that surprises anybody, yeah. but I I he was like, hey, I bet you can't go a week without mentioning Star Wars, and if <laughs> but if you can, if you can go a week of like a full week of class without mentioning Star Wars once, I. You'll, I've got something for you that will be worth it. And I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. I can not talk about that. That's fine. And I just <laughs> talked about, I don't know, probably Indiana Jones or something like that instead. But um, yeah, so we got we got through that whole week and he was like, as promised, here it is. And it, and it was a VHS copy of, of uh, the holiday special in its entirety. Um, Did that blow I, your mind? And yeah, I mean, like watching it, it was like, this I don't know why I'm subjecting myself to this, but I also can't stop. <clears throat> um, so yeah, like because this is this is this is 2003, yeah, 2003. So we're like we're like five years away from YouTube, guys. Like that's yeah. that's that's where we're at it, at this point in time. I mean, I went to film school at the absolute wrong time. <laughs> because <laughs> by the time that i was done and out in the world it was like oh now online video is a thing and then eventually youtube comes along it's like had i gone to school five years later i would have been learning very different things about no kidding hey. <laughs> yeah it's a, at the exact wrong time it's like oh here's it's it's digital is not digital yet it's still cassette tapes but we call it digital video because it's not analog um, but it's not it's not true digital because it's not going to a, 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 like an SD card. Right. Um, it's it is still technically on a on a on a tape, on a magnetic tape. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. So, yeah, man. By, so this by bootleg, the, by, but was, yeah, it a, this, was it like a dub of a dub of a dub? That kind of thing? Like, um, it is actually it is actually surprisingly good quality. It is okay. probably only a second or third generation. Um, it's 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 very watchable. Um, and the only reason that it would that I would say that it's not first gen is because of the fact that the commercials are edited out. Um, oh, so okay. it's, that's too it's, bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's like there's like obviously like the little sort of warble snippets of the beginning and end of sort of the commercial breaks, but yeah, um, but yeah, it is it is primarily just the 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 special itself. Nice. Um, but I can remember watching that the first time, uh, uh, and just being like, "This animated thing is so cool." I and uh, but I'll I'll let, I'll let you explain why the animated sequence is is actually notable and very awesome sure well i also want to note that uh this animated sequence is also on disney plus yep they added it to disney plus just the sequence not the whole star wars holiday (laughs) special there's no way they're gonna let that out 
But this yeah. one thing is under the Star Wars Star Wars Vintage Animation banner, uh, or no, just Star Wars Vintage banner. Uh, and there's a, like the other the Star Wars droids and Ewoks TV shows are all, also under this banner. But if you search yeah. for the story of the faithful Wookiee, you will find this. Um, but it, this this uh. This short actually is very, very important to Canadian history. And uh, we, we live in Canada, for those of you who don't know. So I like to keep tabs on um, the animation scene in Canada and what's going on here. And this one has uh, a very important part in the history of Canadian animation. Um, so before we get into that, though, we'll, we'll talk this, this story. It's the story about... Um, I don't even know how to describe it. Um, Chewie and Han get uh, Han, Han gets um, taken over by a sleeping virus, and Chewbacca teams up with Boba Fett to try and get a cure for it. And uh, this is the first appearance of Boba Fett. He has not. He he'll then go on to appear, of course, in Empire Strikes Back and have a long career, uh, even up until modern day here uh, with Mandalorian and the Book of Boba Fett. But uh, this is his first appearance. He looks a little different. Mm-hmm. He sounds a little different. Um, they haven't quite got his character figured out, but he is still the you know bounty hunter um, that works for Darth Vader. And so that's kind of the the one thing that a lot of people think this is notable for is is the first appearance of Boba Fett. Um, mm. Do you want to talk about anything about this story first? I'm not as concerned about talking about the story as I am <laughs> talking about the animation yeah. itself. Yeah. I, well, I mean, the, the, the story is pretty straightforward. Like you said, Han uh, gets sort of taken out by this sleeping virus. Chewie takes him to this planet that, um, that is supposed to be like the only place where you can, uh, where you can get the cure for this, which I think it's like a gem or crystal or something like that. Right. Um, and I, I, we find this all out because Chewie sends a transmission to the rebel base, um, or not to the rebel base. I think it's like just to the rebel fleet. Cause they've, they've fled Yavin four. Um, and, I uh, and, but the the transmission gets cut off. And so Luke, along with R2 and 3PO, um, take off in a Y-Wing. And this is this is actually, there's another notable thing in here for Star Wars history where this establishes that there are two, two, two classes of Y-Wings. There are the ones that we saw in A New Hope, which are, are the standard version, but they actually also do come in a two-seater version. <laughs> Uh, because <laughs> because C-3PO sits in the back seat while Luke pilots and, and, and R2 sits in the droid socket. Um, right. But so so there there's there was much controversy for for many years about how many uh, uh, people can sit in a Y wing and there are cross sections and all that sort of thing. They're like, oh, and then eventually it gets reconciled that there are two two classes of Y wing. Um, <laughs> That's so funny because it's probably just like the storyboard artist on this one just like they drew just an extra seat in the back. Yeah. <laughs> they were just like, they just looked at the ships that were available from the first movie and it's like, well, yeah. we can't use the Millennium Falcon because that's, that's where Han and Chewie are. Yeah. Um, and Luke doesn't have his own ship. And obviously we can't fit C-3PO into a Y, into an X-Wing. Like that doesn't make any sense. And there's really only one other choice for the Rebels, which is the Y-Wing. <laughs> what were they going to do? Design a new ship? That's absurd. I... Uh, so uh, they end up crash landing, and when they crash land, uh, uh, this monster, this uh, 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 plesiosaur-looking uh, creature, comes out of the muck and is about to eat Luke when, um, when Boba Fett shows up with uh, uh, this this staff that shoots lightning. Um, <laughs> it's very cool. I love it. Yeah. That uh, yeah, and 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 his his color scheme's a little bit different. He's a little bit more of a light blue with some tan and and orange, um, rather than his sort of classic red green and uh, and sort of blue gray uh, outfit. I mean, like Boba actually between Empire and Jedi has two different outfits. One he's in like light blueish fatigues, and then the other one they're they're um, 
they're more army green sort of camo colored um and then obviously in book of boba fett he ends up with black ones but uh yeah uh, anyways um the, the, the reason armor paint scheme is different as well and right? the reason for that is because they were basing this on a, an unfinished prototype of the toy and so they that's it was unpainted and that's kind of yeah. why he looks so gray and bluish or whatever yeah. so they just kind of but, went with that but, they didn't they didn't know what the real colors were going to be at the time yeah but interestingly uh boba was set to appear not as boba fett not as a character but just at, like the suit was created uh for a new hope um and you can see it now in the special edition um in in the scene that had been deleted of jabba because that scene never worked so he was just meant to be one of jabba's enforcers um it was just a design that joe johnston did and then that design ended up getting uh co-opted when george was doing empire um because he i boba was originally meant to be uh, 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 basically a stormtrooper commando that had gone rogue, left the Empire, and was now a bounty hunter. So his suit was in, in Empire, his suit was going to be all white. So they took the suit from A New Hope, which is more of like the classic Boba Fett look, the, the red and, and green. Um, and they painted it all white. And then they were like, this looks terrible. Um, <laughs> it looks terrible on screen. So they, they, they reverted back to the original paint scheme. Um, so yeah, cause he was originally supposed to have sort of like that all white look like a stormtrooper, uh, with a poncho, um, like a, like a, like literally in the concept art, the Ralph McQuarrie concept art, he's, he's got like a Clint Eastwood, like, like man with no name poncho on um we like like brown with the stripe and everything um but uh uh yeah so at some at some point that 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 all gets changed and then and then this all coincides with like well we'll put him into the animated thing we've got and then we'll sell a toy of it and all of this stuff um the the most interesting part of all of this is that the design for the mandalorian for din Djarin in mando is heavily inspired mm-hmm by this first appearance. Yes, That's the yes. reason why he's all chrome. It's the reason why his his outfit is sort of like that brown tan. Um and uh his his signature weapon, his his uh plasma rifle is modeled after this lightning shooting staff that uh that Boba has in in the special. Um but Boba appears as like a friend at the beginning, but he he constantly refers to Luke and everybody else as friend. Like that's sort of like his his signature thing. He's like, oh hey friend, and it's like Luke, don't <laughs> trust this guy. He's not, he doesn't mean friend when he says the word friend, and uh, and R two is immediately distrustful of of Boba, but Luke is naive and, and young, so yeah, he's just like, okay cool, you're gonna help me save Chewbacca and Han. Um, they 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 go through the whole thing. They find I think it's a gem. They find this thing. They go back to the Falcon to rescue Han and Chewie. And it's sort of like in that moment that that he realizes that Boba is was the actually the one who like captured Han and Chewie, um, and uh, I I think Chewbacca maybe escapes or something and and uh, and and they get out of it and whatever. Um, and then Boba's like, "I'm a bad guy," and he rockets off with his jetpack, and everybody's like, "That dude's the coolest because <laughs> yeah. he's got a rad helmet and a jetpack." And what else do you need? <laughs> Honestly, what else do you need? Um, so yeah, I mean, like, there's not there's not really that much story to even speak of, and it's only it's less than 15 minutes, isn't it? I think it's it's like nine minutes. minutes, yeah, nine minutes. Um, now the cool thing is that the all of the original actors for Star Wars are the voices of their own characters in this one. <laughs> Although uh, Harrison Ford sounds nothing like Harrison Ford. I was going to say, reason. yeah, well, I think it, it, it's, I think a lot of actors when they get into the, into the recording booth yeah, and then try to read their lines it without the aid of, you know, act acting <laughs> or uh, with, you know, with the, with their body language or, you know, that kind of yeah. thing. It, they, they act different. They sound different. So yeah, Han Solo, you can hear it kind of sounds like him, but it doesn't act like him, if that makes yeah. sense. He's not acting the same way through his voice. 
Uh, so he does sound a bit different. Um, the interesting part here is that Boba Fett's voice is by a voice actor um, named Don Frakes. Franks. Don Franks. And he's a Canadian voice actor. He was actually born uh, in my hometown of Burnaby, British Columbia, and but, but spent most of his career in, in Toronto. Um, he did um, a bunch of different voices for cartoons he had some in fact he reprised his v role of boba fett in the star wars droids cartoon that came out in the uh later on in the 80s he was the voice of Sabretooth in the x-men cartoon and uh, most significantly he was the voice of dr claw in inspector gadget hmm. uh, so he's done a, a fair amount of of work over the years and so he's kind of like the yeah he's the first voice of boba fett the first boba fett actor uh, so I think that's kind of cool. Um, the, well, we'll talk about the visual style as well because that plays a big role into why this this is so cool. But that ties into kind of what we're what uh, what I want to lead into with about the animation studio that did this short. Um, way back in 1970, a bunch of friends got together, or three three friends got together, and they wanted to make and uh, their own animation studio. They wanted to produce their own content and stuff. And so they formed a group and they called themselves Nelvana, which is a, an old superhero uh, character, an Inuit superhero from the 1940s by a Canadian comic book publisher. Um, but Nelvana Studios is a, a, um, one of the big name studios th that uh, was in Canadian animation throughout the, the, the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Yeah. Can, um, can, I, I, can I give a little, a little fun fact, a little tidbit here? Yeah. Uh -huh. I, in the, I, the, the 2003 Gendy Tartakovsky Clone Wars series um, in, in season two or volume two of that, which you can also find on Disney Plus under the Star Wars vintage label, um, Anakin and Obi-Wan go to a planet uh, inhabited by blue bear people. Oh yeah. And that planet's that planet's name is Nelvan. Nice. Uh, and it is a direct reference to the fact that the first piece of Star Wars animation on television was produced by Nelvana. That that's a, uh that's a and Nelvana reference. one of Nelvana's most popular shows is Care Bears. So that's they did Care Bears in the eighties. So I wonder if that's well and their and their too. their logo was a polar bear. So <laughs> yep. Yep. That's was, right. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the other thing that really played heavily into this is that you know everybody had outer space fever at this point in the late seventies, mm -hmm. and uh, and definitely Nelvana, the, the creators of Nelvana, were were heavily influenced by you know two thousand and one Space Odyssey and that kind of thing, uh, and then you know what was the other huge space or alien movie that came out in 1977 along with star wars close encounters of the third kind mm -hmm. so like and both of those huge movies and so everybody was like wanted a piece of that pie and so one of the first after dabbling in like tv commercials and little shorts here and there the first fully animated half-hour TV special that Nelvana was able to do was called Cosmic Christmas. And it was um, it was released in 1977 on TV as well, the Christmas season. And it was it was all about these um, this boy who sees lights in the sky and the lights end up being three aliens that are supposed to be kind of like analogs of the three wise men from the story of the birth of Jesus. Um, and they kind of, you know, learn the meaning of Christmas on, mm -hmm. on when they visit earth, that kind of thing. And it's, it was, um, it was very successful at the time. Uh, it, it was, it did better um, in its prime time showing than you know charlie brown and the and the grinch did in, the, in that year so it was very very well received internationally as well not just in north america and um and it helped get nelvana kind of the kickstart that they needed to get kind of recognized and one of the people two of the people who watched that show and really liked it were the director of the um, of the ho the holiday special david akamba and george lucas they were both fans of this this animated half hour special. And so when they were putting together, when the two of them were putting together the holiday special, they were, they knew that they wanted this animated um, segment. 
and the network wanted them to go with the tried and true animation studio, which was the most popular at the time, Hanna-Barbera. But George Lucas, coming from an indie film background, wanted to go with more of an indie film uh, or like an independent studio for the animation. So David suggested, well, what about those guys that did Cosmic Christmas, uh, Nilvana? And they were like, yeah, let's check it out. So the, the guys in charge of Nilvana put together a pitch and they delivered it to uh, to George Lucas and, and he liked it. And the pitch was the story of the faithful Wookiee. And, uh, and so they, that kind of, um, they, they went on from there and it, this, 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 even though it's only 10 minutes, this holiday special, the animation here got the more notoriety than Cosmic Christmas because they were working with George Lucas and it really cemented their place in animation history. Like in, in that they, they went on to do some really, really amazing things. And they had a huge career that lasted for another couple of decades doing shows like Inspector Gadget. I already mentioned Care Bears, uh, Beetlejuice, um, Tintin, Babar. Those are Canadian ones. Um, they, they did your, one of your favorites, Cadillacs and Dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if you're a little younger, you may know shows like uh, Franklin the Turtle or Stick It Around, which is on YTV a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then they did a, uh, a feature film called Rock and Rule. And if you love 80s metal, like if you like the, the Transformers soundtrack, um, and you love just 80s animation, like Rock and Rule is just amazing. I love it. It's, it's, a, it's a great movie. And so if you watch Cosmic Christmas, and if you watch Rock and Rule, and then you watch the story of the faithful Wookiee, like they all look very, very similar. Like Nelvana had a very, very distinct style. The way their characters moved, the way that their faces were constructed and stuff like that, it all, it's all very similar. And, uh, and I love it. I think it's great. Um, it has all of the hallmarks of late 70s, early 80s animation, uh, just the way that people move. Um, the, the colors that they use, the, the way they layer their backgrounds and stuff is just, um, it's just fantastic. I love it. Uh, the other thing that George Lucas specifically requested is that the, the look of the animation and the look of the character designs based off of the work of a, um, a French comic book artist called Mobius. And uh, in particular, he had a, um, he had a series of stories which are collected in, in a book called The World of Adina. And in that one, it's an outer space story as well about these two um, repair people who go from planet to planet doing repairs and they discover kind of the meaning of life. And it, it's just fantastic. But if you take a look at, if you Google the world of Adina and look at any of the artwork and you look at the, the way that the characters are drawn and look at the way the backgrounds are drawn, the colors that are used, it's it's very, very similar to the story of the faithful Wookiee. You can see that they for sure heavily drew upon uh, Mobius's work in order to craft, uh, in, in order to craft the, the style here, but then still retained the Nilvana look. It's quite actually quite amazing. So there are like you, um, I think you mentioned Han Solo doesn't look like Han Solo um, or nor does he sound like Han Solo. Yeah. He's a, like, all of them are caricatures of the actors, but Han Solo, like they took that character to the extreme. He's got an extremely long face. Like his brow is huge, which make his eyes close the entire time. And um, uh, it's just, there's, there's such, um, there's such life, I think, from that character. And same with, with Luke and Leia, they have these big eyes and Leia's got these huge lips that just when they animate them there there's a lot of expression in them and i think that's important because uh, one of the main characters is just wearing a helmet and you can't see his expression and then the, mm-hmm. the, there's two droids that don't really give off expression and even chewy who is very expressive he's more expressive in this cartoon than he is in any of the movies um is still they still keep him fairly reserved uh, so i really like the way that they they attract uh, sorry that they um I, I like the way that they animate 
the three main human characters in this. <laughs> yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on, yeah, what are your thoughts on the style? Do you like the style? Um, I mean, it's, uh, I, it's unique, uh, and, and it's definitely of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, cause we're even like, you know, we're in the seventies, right? So we're, we're even like pre, you know, He-Man Transformers, yeah, uh, certainly definitely. a long, long before Ghostbusters and Ninja Turtles. Um, that's and, when things get to start to get standardized and streamlined. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so, so yeah, the, yeah, like those, those techniques don't really exist yet. So we're talking about, I, I, I mean, like, what are the contemporaries of the time, right? We're talking about like Scooby Doo. We're talking about, mm-hmm. you know, like yep. you're talking about Hanna Barbera, right? Yep. Um, yeah, Fat, Fat uh, Albert the, was another big yeah, one at the time. The, the and, Super yeah. Friends is even mm-hmm. like kind of a little bit old at this point, right? Well, no, uh, no I guess Super Friends is right. Super Friends ran right through the seventies. Yeah. yeah. So, like, you're you're in the era of either it's gonna be, uh, the, you know, three frames have been drawn in total for this entire cartoon. Um, <laughs> uh, like a Scooby-Doo or a Super Friends, uh, where it's really just like mouth movement most of the time, or you've got something more like a Fat Albert, which like, like go back and, and watch some Fat Albert. There's some amazing animation. I mean, like, Hey, the whole Bill Cosby thing, let's, we don't need to get into it. No, let's maybe not support Bill Cosby as a, as an enterprise, but, um, but, but as a piece of, uh, uh animation history, Fat Albert is an incredibly well animated cartoon. Um, the, the quality level at the time for like a TV show is, 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 is pretty cool. Um, and this is a little bit closer to that where it's like, you know, like, like on model off model doesn't really mean much, <laughs> right? Like we kind of, we're kind of just, you know, the characters are fluid and expressive. Yeah. Um, and, and certainly with this, with a nine minute cartoon, this is an animated short, right? It, 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 I, mm-hmm. There's really no need for the shortcuts and efficiencies of a television production schedule that you would have in something um like 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 a, a you know a fred like a flintstones or like like Scooby-Doo or whatever well right? and you have to remember also that nelvana has a lot of, lot to gain from this because yeah. this is like they're they're doing star wars it's going to be shown on network television on a prime time slide yeah. on a holiday weekend like this is it's a huge opportunity. It's funny. So, yeah. Yeah. You, you know that like from their perspective, they're like, we got to do this. We got to knock this out of the park. Yeah. If only everybody else on the live action side <laughs> know, of this right? production had felt the same and not just been like, we're going to put a little volcano on the top of this guy's head and he's going to drink his drink through the top of his head. Yeah. Because, um, because yeah, I mean like it stands out and it's the one piece of the holiday special that persists. Right. And yeah. I think that that, um, I mean, the, the noteworthiness of Boba Fett's first appearance, I think is a big part of that. But, um, but would that be noteworthy if they didn't capture, um, the imagination of, of everybody watching with the way that they, that they presented those characters? Right. I mean, mm-hmm. think about, think about it. It's difficult now in 2022 to look at, the 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 faithful wookie short and go at the time we literally only had the movies and even even at this point we only have a year of the comics which we've barely just covered the movie itself yeah half of that year was the movie adaptation exactly so (laughs) so um, you know, like maybe we've been introduced to Jackson and, and some of those other characters, um, and expanded out the star Wars universe a little bit, but, but not very much. And so this is really one of the first things that's like, Hey, um, star Wars is weird and crazy and zany. Like, yeah, like star Wars can get kind of nuts sometimes. And, and they were able to do things in this that George obviously was not able to do in, in the film because the technology just didn't exist. So like you can have a dinosaur in it. You can have a guy with a jet pack in it, right? You can have these uh, incredibly uh, uh, dense populated uh, uh, alien worlds, right? Like, cause the, the planet that we end up on, they go into the city and it's like, it's bustling, which is not something that like, like again, 
don't think about the special edition. You've got to think about the theatrical cut. Um, most Eisley is all of like two shots <laughs> before, yeah. before we're inside the cantina. And even then the cantina is pared down extensively compared to what it is in the special edition. I mean, people rip on the special editions all the time. And it's like, Oh, like the, the Han stepping on Jabba's tail and stuff like that. And, and they added in the dewbacks and, and um, the beak and the Sarlacc pit and stuff. There's a lot that they add into those special editions that we now just consider to be part of star Wars. Um, and, and obviously I mean, 1997 till now it's been, it's, it's, it's been quite, quite a few years, you know, so like that's that's Star Wars, um, but if you can if you can find a copy of like the THX versions, um, which is the best in my opinion the best version of the uh, the the theatrical styles. they're not technically the theatrical cuts, um, they are actually edited even even from the original theatrical releases. In fact, by 1978, by the time that people were watching this. The cut that they were seeing and the re it was already different. Was, was a different cut from the first cut of the movie, because mm. um, George, like people, act like the special edition was like, oh, he went and he messed with them. He never stopped tinkering with them. Every time they re-released those movies, A New Hope was slightly different, because um, because that was just that was just what George was like, and I think it's why he sold it. <laughs> I think it's why he let it go, because even the the versions that are on Disney Plus were um modified from the blu-ray releases which had come out just a few years prior like uh just every every time every 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 time they've been re-released there's just something yeah. slightly different like but, yoda uh, is a cg character in phantom menace yeah yeah exactly um but yeah like the the version of star wars that that the world had at this point was actually mostly human with yeah, the exception of Chewbacca, right? And so, so, uh, and, and, you know, like the cantina scene in the Jawas, right? Like it's, it really wasn't that expansive and this kind of blew it up. It kind of, it, it kind of went like, oh yeah, look at this Boba Fett character. Look at this weird dinosaur that he rides on. Um, and yeah, because animation and stuff. Yeah. Animation gives the ability uh, much much easier to create dinosaurs or a, exactly. uh, planets full of different looking aliens. You don't have to yeah. get costume designers and makeup artists or special effects or whatever because you can draw it. Yeah, you just let loose, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I like I I I love a lot of it for what it is. Um, I I certainly like this characterization of Boba Fett is one of my favorites. Um, he's 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 so interesting as compared to um sort of what he was throughout the 90s and the early 2000s um uh early and late 2000s i really up until he was rebooted uh for for the mandalorian i was of the opinion for a long time that boba fett was kind of a tired character um <laughs> yeah but but oh, i always yeah. pointed back to like but he was really rad like he was it, the the costume is cool and that's why everybody loves him um mm -hmm. he's, he's a little bit like batman in that respect is that like there's a visual aspect to it that's really easy to get behind um but then you know they're really like there 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 aren't that many great stories featuring boba fett there's a lot of um, mediocre stories and a lot of really bad ones too um but this one being his first appearance is i think maybe his most underrated appearance well, I think most of the time, because you think he's a good guy, mm -hmm. and then there's the twist at the end, uh, which, you know, for anybody watching this, because barely anybody saw it in its original airing, everybody already knew he was a bad guy. <laughs> so yeah. the twist is kind of ruined. But yeah. but yeah, I mean, he, he he plays like he could be a great addition to the team in this, mm -hmm. uh, just the, the way he is. Stuff. Now, this I mentioned this before, this cartoon led to Nelvana getting the deal to do two animated series uh, a, f a few years later, Ewoks and Droids. And this is, of course, after uh, Return of the Jedi. And those cartoons are very much, um, they're much more standardized and streamlined. Like we said, once we get into the mid-80s yeah. animation, um, 
I mean, Hanna-Barbera and Filmation always were streamlined. Like they mm-hmm. always kind of took their shortcuts and stuff, but um, kind of everything else kind of uh, followed suit. And Nelvana as well, because they had expanded their their company quite a big deal at the time. They were working on multiple productions at, at once and uh, and they needed to have that economy of, of the pipeline um you know, streamline things just so that they could keep the things moving. Um, and they're very, it's very juvenile. It's very of its time, those two shows. Even the droids one, where it tries to be more serious, is still, because they're comedic characters, uh, it's still much more juvenile. But I think that when they returned to animation um, later with the first Clone Wars series, and even with the second Clone Wars series, uh, I think that they look back at this short and they're like that's the tone that we want right there Uh, and you can see i think the pacing of this faithful wookie short is it's it takes its time there's not much of a plot so they fill this 10 minutes with a lot of uh looking around and and walking and taking their time and and that is a hallmark of um you know gendy tardic What's his name? Gandhi <laughs> Tartakovsky. Yeah. yeah, that's that's what he does with with Samurai Jack and with the Clone Wars. Is he, his pacing is very similar to this kind of thing, and uh, and I think they they look at this and they and they say, you know, this is we're just continuing on this history of of what this little short has started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And, 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 you know, you, you find references all throughout stuff. Right. And like I said, even up to Mandalorian, John Favreau has not been shy about the fact that uh, I, he's been in love with Boba Fett since the first time he saw him in the holiday special. And that's right. why Mando is and looks the way that he, he does. Right. Um, yeah. And we even get yeah. that uh, staff yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> in this show as exactly. well. Well, and 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 he rides on a blurg in season one, right? Like, which yep. I, I, which is is I, <laughs> the great thing about the blurg is that that brings in something from the uh, from the Ewoks uh, movies, um, I, right? That's where, that's where we first see the blurgs. I, yeah, I mean, I, I, it's it's funny because because there's so much in Star Wars that is now callbacks and, and people want to call it fan service. I just call it, you know, it's just, it's just weaving a story. Right. Um, yeah. It's just how you do it. But I, I, yeah, like there, there, there are so many things peppered throughout. If you've never watched the holiday special animated uh, uh, sequence, then like go back and watch it. Um, it's, it's, it's definitely, definitely worthwhile. It's only nine minutes long. Come on. Um, and if you've never watched the Gendy Tartakovsky series for that matter, like go watch that too. Like if you, if you came in at Clone Wars, like a lot of, um, uh, I mean like a lot of our listeners, because, because I started podcasting about the Clone Wars. So, you know, when I started, uh, there were there were a bunch of kids listening to the podcast who are now adults. I I now my I mean adult adults, not just like over eighteen, but like you know in their late twenties, early thirties. Because <laughs> um, I've been doing this for fourteen years. I and those like some of those kids grown into adults now. I maybe maybe have like skipped over that stuff and and you know like i I, th- I think it's worthwhile to go back droids is something that i think that it's not it's not as worthwhile as any of the other stuff no but, it's not but but ewoks is and you know what yeah. ewoks like it it's it's a little bit it's a little bit cheesy it's a little bit hokey but i do think it holds up cassie loves it uh oh, we've yeah. sat and we've watched many episodes of ewoks um and Kara likes it as well but Cassie really really fell in love with it she likes the little the little pixies that they hang out with and um yeah I mean like that that really was at the time it was like the only real way to expand the Star Wars universe I mean books weren't even really a going concern for Star Wars at the time it wouldn't be until the 90s that that really started to happen after the uh the the uh the Thrawn trilogy, right? So, right. Yeah. Um, 
yeah like 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 at this point in time it's really all it's i mean i really for the holiday special that's it dude it's like that and and um splinter of the mind's eye and then it wouldn't be until um a, a couple years later in 1980 when we would get the brian daly han solo uh trilogy um and and then the empire uh, novelization and 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 you know a couple more things here and there but not really like really not that much there's not that there are not that many star wars novels before uh before the 90s now there's a new star wars novel every 15 minutes it drives me nuts it's like <laughs> yeah. you you turn around and they're like here's a new star wars novel i'm like you know i actually haven't even started the third new one that you just released um uh, and they're like, yeah, it's the High Republic series, and there's a new one every three months. Oh, yeah. And, uh, but uh, don't forget about the comics, which are also happening. There's six series for the High Republic, and then there's also the regular ongoing Star Wars, and there's also a Han Solo miniseries right now. And there's also, it's like, like we're just. Well, we're and there's young it. young adult fiction, and there's kids' yeah. books, and yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and there's weird stuff like the Jedi Academy yep. Uh, yep. Uh, comic, like graphic novel series that is like not canon and there's lego star wars and like we're just we are we're inundated with it to the point that you really have to pick and choose what star wars you want to consume because there's no way there's no way that a human being with a job or children or even just any sort of social life could manage to keep up with yeah keep up with everything nor would you want to because not all of it is is for everybody right um but uh but yeah but at this point in time 1978 people are clamoring for it which just makes the the tragedy of the holiday special that much more impactful uh, <laughs> yeah but uh yeah i i cool i mean like i think i think we've talked this one to death i think uh, so yeah i i think we're good um uh awesome i curtis uh, where can where can people find you uh, if if they want to hear you go in depth on I don't know let's say you know Marvel comics. <laughs> well, I've got a perfect podcast for you in that case, uh, the Epic Marvel Podcast. We talk about classic Marvel comics. So we pick a different character in each episode, and we pick a different era. Just grab a chunk of of uh, you know ten or twelve issues in a row and talk about them in detail. And I usually try to intersperse some interview clips or, you know, with some of the creators and that's mm-hmm. at the, yeah, epicmarvelpodcast.com. And if you search for Epic Marvel Podcast on any social media, uh, you'll probably find me. I'm all over the place. Yeah. Um, do you have any Star Wars episodes? I know that I was going to be on one at one point and then it never kind of happened, but. Uh... Yeah, you know, I actually don't. And, but something that I have been doing just, I just started this a couple of weeks ago is I decided yeah. I wanted to read through all of Dark Horse Star Wars comics because they've all come out in epic collections. They're not all out yet. I think there's might maybe six more volumes that need to be released or so, but um, but it's there. And so I've decided I want to read them all, but not in the order that they're presented in these epic collection books because they present them in they like they place all of them in chronological timeline order. Uh, but they but I want to experience them as they originally were published. So I'm reading them in publication order and I am chronicling my experience on uh, my Epic Marvel podcast discord server. So you can check that out. And uh, (laughs) every day I'll just, just a few notes about my reading experience of the day. Um, The funny thing about that for, for people who may not be very familiar with Curtis is that Curtis is much more into like older comics um, and more sort of like, 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 a yeah, or like sort obscure, of obscure stuff off the, or off the beaten path. Stuff. Yep. Um, or like more like comic strip types type things. Mm-hmm. But, um, I, it's now been long enough since the dark horse <laughs> stuff was released that now those are old. Now, it's old enough to be on my radar now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. So, so I, that was one of the great yeah. things about pull boxes that I would, I would force Curtis to be at least somewhat current. Yeah, with things like Spider Verse and that sort of thing. It's true. I, I, but I, 
Yeah, I. Uh, and then I would I get you some more, oddball. I, yeah, <laughs> make yeah, you read I some am, oddball European comic. I'm much more of the modern uh, mainstream comics uh, reader. Although right now the only thing I'm reading is Lore Olympus, which is a webtoon comic uh, uh, online. So, um, which and it's phenomenal. Uh, go listen to. Uh, uh, well, go read Lore Olympus first. It's all free. It's all on webtoon. You just go read it. It's uh, it's fantastic. It's amazing that it's just free. Uh, okay. Uh, there are there are ads like at the end of every of uh, you scroll to the bottom of every store like chapter episode they call them, uh, and uh, and there's an ad or whatever. So I guess that's how they support it monetarily. But um, you don't have to pay anything. You can choose to pay to get episodes early. I guess. Uh, uh, but um, uh, yeah, it's all over there. And then uh, I just had Marie Claire Gould uh, from What the Force, so Star Wars. Uh, podcast listeners might know uh, Marie Claire from that. She's a huge fan of Lore Olympus, and I had her on Perfect Ten uh, last week to talk about Lore Olympus, and it's a fantastic. We've only done three episodes of Perfect Ten, but I'll tell you this right now: this is like it is the gold standard of what I want every episode to be like. <laughs> uh, she was she was so good. Um, it was such a great episode. And Laura Olympus is so great. It's so fantastic. I mean, it's not going to be for everyone, but, um, uh, but, but I, I quite enjoy it a lot. So that's the, like the only comic that I've been reading that and Ninja Turtles, the, the, the current Ninja Turtles stuff. Well, I'm like two, three years behind, but I'm trying to get current. Um, <laughs> it's hard. They put a volume of that out every like two months, um, oh, yeah. a volume, not, not like an issue. Like, it just seems like they've got so many series running. It's like, here's volume one. Here's Jenica. Here's this other thing. Here's a micro series. And you're just like, cool. <laughs> it's really easy to fall behind on that one. Um, but yeah, I, I awesome. I, like I said, uh, perfect 10 is out. Um, next week there will be no new episode on the main podcast feeds. Uh, it'll be, it'll be a, an off the record episode. Um, and uh yeah and then the week after that we'll be back with another perfect 10 to talk about uh we're gonna be talking about a knight's tale with uh with with ty black from wit and folly uh, from the youtube channel wit and folly so i'm really excited about that um and then uh and and then and then force perspectives will be back a couple weeks after that so force perspectives is every four weeks right now um perfect 10 is theoretically every four weeks as well but we did put out that extra episode with marie claire last week just because that's how timing worked out um yeah and uh but yeah i there's essentially if you go to patreon.com slash thunderquack and you subscribe you 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 pledge at the five dollar level you'll get a new podcast from me every week it's just two uh, two out of those four weeks are the patreon exclusive one um where i just i just talk to myself for 45 minutes to an hour (laughs) about something that i like um i did i just did one about ninja turtles actually so um patreon.com slash thunderquack uh, you can find all of the episodes, this one and the previous one, but also all of the past episodes of Faster, More Intense uh, over uh, at forceperspectives.com, um, which I, 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 I think when I recorded the first episode, I hadn't even bought that URL. And then it was like, once I released the episode, I was like, I don't have the URL for this for this podcast. And then I went and bought it and set it up. Um, oh, so good. I'm glad it was available. Yeah. Um, it's, it's kind of a funny, like it's a, it's a, because it's such a, like, it's not forced perspectives and it's not forced perspective. And like, I think we're, right, we're, yeah. we're like just off enough that like nobody had grabbed it. So, um, but yeah, I uh, tell your friends about the podcast and then go listen to Epic Marvel podcast, which is part of Thunderquack podcast network as well. Mm-hmm. Just, just listen to all go, go 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 download a couple episodes of the riverdale gang as well i don't even care if you watch riverdale just just like put it on and 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 turn your volume down but just just support all of our podcasts <laughs> is what i'm saying it's like the netflix thing right because people are like oh netflix only counts things if you um if you binge them right uh like so so if you're watching things week by week like you are with stranger things curtis uh, yeah uh, you have been w- with with uh with your kids i i then 
They don't. Does it they, count? You don't. It's like you're not even watching it at all. Oh, like man. you may as well not be watching it all. They don't. Well, they who don't has time to all. binge things? I know exactly, right? So everybody is now like Netflix is doing this thing. So like that's the only way that they're tracking metrics. So if you like a show, like if you like Sandman, then you be, like just go just put and it just, on and leave just your TV put it on. on and just leave your TV on while you're <laughs> yeah. asleep and just let it run. Like turn on the marathon mode or whatever, oh, boy. and okay. uh, and just let it run through the episodes so that they get the metrics. And it's like. I guess I have unlimited bandwidth. I might as well just do it, but it's bad for your devices. Anyways, uh, I think they're getting away from it because they're going to start doing weekly releases for other things. But, um, but anyways, how did I even get on that? I don't know. Oh yeah. Go <laughs> listen know. to, go listen to Riverdale gang. Uh, even if you don't watch Riverdale, but I like also watch Riverdale because Riverdale's hilariously ridiculous. Um, just, it's the most CW drama CW gets. Uh, I, I, and I mean that in a good way um that's it that's this is the episode we have, haven't talked about star wars in like 10 minutes uh <laughs> thank you guys for listening uh and uh like i said we'll be back in about four weeks i don't have a guest lined up for the next one so i can't even tell you who the next guest is uh but uh i don't know it'll be somebody good I got i'm lots sure of, it will be i got lots of cool friends who want to talk about star wars so i i tune into the next one and uh, and subscribe to all those other thunder quack podcasts in the meantime um and uh and yeah we'll catch you on the next episode thank you curtis for being here yeah thank you thank you for listening to thunder quack force perspectives our opening theme is composed for us by christy carew follow force perspectives on twitter instagram and facebook at force pov and join us on discord at thunderquack.com slash discord Support the show by visiting us at patreon.com slash thunderquack to get early access to episodes, leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast service, or buy merch at store.thunderquack.com. Force Perspectives is a part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network.